embodiment is so important so that we can come in and welcome our physical selves and begin to love them and, and show so much gratitude and appreciation and compassion for our bodies, but also to like bring ourselves into union, you know, mind, body, spirit, heart, all working together. And in that place, you can really feel more powerful especially as femmes, the patriarchal, white supremacist, colonizer, misogynistic, yada yada structures, you know, those people have really encouraged us to like either leave our bodies or not feel welcome or safe in them. There's been such a disconnect. In the past few years, we've seen a movement of like, you know, coming back into our bodies, owning them, all shapes, all sizes. You know, I grew up, I'm a child as, you know, born in the 80s. I grew up in like 90s, early 2000s with like every turn everywhere I went, every magazine cover, every advertisement was like, this diet trick works. Get killer abs in 30 minutes. You know, what do you need to know for a clear skin? And it was just like, as a, a femme, especially, it's just like, it's your job to constantly fix and alter your body to some unattainable standard of perfection. And that's going to keep you really distracted from the things that matter. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Hello, my cosmic baddies. Welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Rx Radio up in the house. Oh, God. Wow. Do people still say that? Why? That was just like a 90s flashback I had. But welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio. I am your host. I am your girl. I am your cosmic consultant, Maddie Murphy. And we're here to break down a little cosmic coaching for Virgo season today. If you're new here, these episodes are solo eps where between 30 and 60 minutes, I just break down a coaching empowerment technique to just help you step into your highest self, to step into your most aligned, abundant, authentic self. And we use the wheel of the Zodiac as a guide, as a template, as a methodology to fuel our personal evolution, revolution in a way that's organic and sustainable and mm, cosmic, I guess is the best word. (laughs) If you don't have a lot of Virgo in your chart, or if you're listening to this and it's outside of Virgo season, that's fine. These rules, tools still apply. If you're in Virgo season, this is your time to really be immersed in this. When the sun moves into Virgo, It's like the sun is illuminating all of these seeds of potential within us. It's activating something within us. And it's like we get to charge that up and carry it with us like a solar powered panel throughout the year. If you're listening to this in the future, you can follow this advice or, you know, take this little bit of wisdom, whatever I'm about to share. I don't know if it's weird to call it wisdom little tidbits and you can apply it to your life specifically to up-level the part of your chart where Virgo is. You know, if you have a Virgo moon, doing these Virgo coaching tips might help you feel more connected to your moon, to your emotional center, to your inner landscape, to your intuition, your inner child, your creativity, your sense of calm in the world. 
If, like I said, you don't have any Virgo in your chart, that's cool too, because you know, guess what you do? You have some Virgo in your chart. Maybe you don't have any planets or placements, but you could pull up your chart for free, astro.com, and you can find the little Virgo sign. It's like a little M with a little swoop at the bottom and see what house it's in. Whatever house it's in is the area of life that you want to lean into Virgo energy. So if Virgo's in your fourth house, then that means this energy will help you understand this and positively affect your home life, your family life, maybe help you understand your ancestral connections, break familial generational curses or unhealthy behavior. If Virgo is in your 11th house, then doing this is going to help you connect into community and what you need to harness and own in your own life to find like-minded friends or to be of service, 11th house things, to be a visionary. So it's a little abstract. It's not exactly the most, I didn't really decide to use astrology in the most common of ways, but I love it. I'm a Virgo myself. So I love systems. I love structures. I love organization. And, you know, Virgos are like, calm, cool, collected on the outside, chaotic on the inside. Any Virgos out there, maybe you're nodding your head because we appear really, you know, we like to be organized. We like to have it together. But inside we have so much going on in our heads, our, you know, Mercury, we're Mercury Earth where our thoughts never stop. The to-do list never stop. The ideas never stop. And for me, having a container like this of astrology, using the Zodiac wheel for the year, and then also using these tools to apply to these one of, you know, 12 parts of my chart has really helped ground me and focus me and help me transform from the inside out in a way that was meaningful. You know, not like quick hit changes that, that go away. So that's kind of my why. It's Virgo season. I'm grounding into my season. I'm giving you a little backstory. I'm doing the Virgo thing, which is long story short, long and give you all the details. So <laughs> that's what I'm feeling. I know a lot of my clients and communities, since they started tracking the Zodiac season, you notice you really feel that energy within you, right? I think a lot of us right now are in like a decluttering mode, getting shit done, wanting to get a clear, crisp, crisp clearness coming in after Leo season. And yeah, that's where we're at. So let's see, I have to do my Virgo announcements before we get into the coaching technique for today. And today's coaching is going to be all about embodiment practices for wholeness and power. Every season... I talk about a mindset technique, a spiritual practice, and then embodiment, an embodiment tool. And so today I'm going to zoom out and also just kind of explain what embodiment is, why it's important, and just share some of my personal favorite practices of embodiment that help me really tap into more pleasure, more power, more wholeness, that help reduce stress, anxiety, that help increase intuition. All that and more after my Virgo announcements. So announcements would be first and foremost, you know, if you're listening to this in the month of September, as of today, September 3rd, actually this will air on the 6th, the Cosmic Pit Club doors are open for enrollment. This is our our thing. This is our members only community platform mixed with a portal of live coaching calls, healing circles, moon manifesting ceremonies, and so much more. So if you're either deep in your spiritual practice and you just want community and you want to push it further and you want to be immersed in a real authentic group of people who are there to show up and support you and hype you up and just be there as that sort of like, I always think of it as like this divine grid work. Like, let us just hold you here for a moment. 
you can get that out of it. If you're new to your journey and you're just like, oh my God, I just started having my spiritual awakening, maybe during COVID very recently. And I'm just trying to figure out and navigate so many things. You know, what's energy hygiene? What's human design? What are crystals? How do we work with the moon? But also like, I also need to reevaluate everything in my life and set boundaries and, you know, learn to trust my intuition. Come here. We've got you. It's taken a little while. We've been working on this community for about two years and we've gotten it to a place where I'm so proud of it. This is a real community. This is not a Facebook group. This is not like, mm-mm. This is like, a, we have a chat that goes off all day, all night. Anything <laughs> you need, we're really connected. We have multiple live calls and classes a week and you get, you know, your astro dates for the season ahead and you have everything in one spot that you need just to show up like the cosmic baddie that you're meant to be. And specifically, you know, what I show up in the circle for is I do a new moon ceremony for manifesting and then a full moon activating purpose workshop. So if you've been really trying to get into your own moon manifesting practice, come, come here. It's a great place to learn to work with the moon. Again, in an organic way of a whole community, people reminding you, you know, what phase the moon's in, what we're doing, setting intentions, speaking them out loud. And, you know, I'm that person when I was trying to do moon work on my own, I'd always forget or I'd get busy or I'd get home, I'd get, I'd be so tired. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just going to like light a candle. And that's my moon practice. When I started doing it in community, that's when I started to see real shifts happen because there was the accountability there. There was the vulnerability of sharing my dreams and desires and, and things I was releasing and whatever my emotions were out loud and being seen in that. And then there's the energy of everyone else amplifying your vision and co-creating with you and being your manifesting doula. You know, it, it's very powerful. It's like listening to a song on your own is so amazing. But you know that feeling when you go to a concert and, you know, I don't, I haven't been to a concert since COVID, but we, we remember them when you go to a concert and you're there and the energy is charged in the air and, you know, the band, the musician plays that favorite song of yours and everyone's singing along with it and feeling it. And you're just like moved to tears. That is what, you know, unified purpose, unified energy does in a group. It just like really activates and electrifies our emotions, our feelings, our intentions. And that's what it does for your vision. So if you're ready to take your moon manifesting to the next level, if you want to learn about everything from breath work to energy, hygiene, to human design, to embodiment, to boundaries, to conscious relationships, please come sign up. We have an early bird special through September 13th and it's $22 a month that locks in there. Um, this is like, we try to keep this very affordable because we also know that Sometimes there's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to spiritual wellness or the coaching or even therapy. And I'm not saying this is a replacement for therapy, but it's hard to sometimes have the time and money and energy to invest in yourself in the way you want to. So we're going to try and help with that as much as possible, um, starting with the money. And then hopefully a little bit of the time and energy comes from that. And then after the 13th through the 30th, the price goes up to $33 a month. Still very affordable, I believe. And yes, yeah, so you get to lock that in. Okay, so that's my spiel on the Cosmic Fit Club. Other announcement, just thank thank y'all. I'll bust up my southern twang. I have uh, my uncle George. He's no longer with us, but he was from Laurel, Mississippi. And uh, sometimes I just like to bust out a southern twang in honor of him, one of my angels up in heaven. And thanking y'all for just those ratings and reviews. Keep them coming. It's like a little... Mm, like shot of fairy dust to my heart every time I read one of them. 
So thank you for that. And share this podcast with someone who may love it, like it, need it, learn from it. And we just pulled a Leo season winner. Obviously, the end of Virgo season, we pull a winner, a random selection of all the ratings and reviews, or the reviews rather, leave your Instagram in the review uh, so we can DM you and we pick someone to win a one-on-one rating with me. Okay, so that those are my announcements. And then we go into the mailbag. We go into the 1-800-COSMIC-HOTLINE. This is a type form link. If you have a question, something pressing, some sort of mystical, cosmic, curious question about everything from, you know, astrology to intuitive entrepreneurship to sacred sexuality, you can just drop your question there. And I pick one for the coaching episodes to answer and address. And I love it. I love hearing from you. Okay. So Gina from Milwaukee asks, what is a lunar return? I keep hearing about this. Is this something that I can read for myself or I need a professional reading to understand my lunar return? Thank you so much. Love the podcast and everything you do. And I am officially a cosmic bad D. (laughs) Okay. Bad D. Gina, you are. Damn Gina, you are a cosmic baddie. So let's talk about lunar return. Do you need a professional reading to do a lunar return reading? I would say no, but like, obviously, if there's someone you wanted to get one from, go for it. I'll explain what the lunar return is. It's actually one of my just favorite little like fun, sparkly little tools or tips. People, when they're getting used to astrology or getting acclimated to it or getting in that, you're going deeper in the, in the deep, oh my God, I can't talk right now, going deeper into their own understanding of how astrology affects them personally. So a lunar return is when every month the moon returns to the location it was at when you were born. And the chart of your lunar return, it's kind of like a forecast for the month ahead. So the time between that lunar return and the next one, it really helps you understand emotionally, you setting the tone for what could be happening over that next month. Uh, so first of all, yay, you know, your solar return is your birthday. That's when the sun solar returns into the point of the sky it was when you were born. Your lunar return is when the moon returns there. So it's like a moon birthday and you get it every month. I think this is also why I love astrology because I love celebrating and I love birthdays. And uh, yeah, we get a moon birthday every month. So, you know, first of all, I would say before even like learning what the astrological skills of understanding the lunar return is just how you spend those days. So that could be like if you're a Gemini moon, Gemini moon days, how you spend those can really set the tone for the month ahead. So using those days to drop into, you know, a beautiful meditative practice or being creative or doing something for yourself or treating yourself to like, yeah, something lovely, a massage or just getting clear, doing some journaling can really help you, again, go into the next month feeling emotionally centered and grounded. So you can actually pull a lunar return chart for free somewhere. I'll give some websites for that in a moment. But maybe it's more important to understand like why you would want to pull that. It's almost like pulling a a tarot spread for the month ahead. It'll just help you highlight obstacles, opportunities, but just giving you good hints on how to best care for yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And, you know, it's only one month. So it's less about like these big, huge decisions and big things you're casting, more just about like, how can I take care of myself, my container? And how can I also be like really present to myself, which I love that, that every month you get this sort of monthly birthday and this ability to drop back in and to connect into yourself. This is like you know a rebirth day, if you will. 
So not only are we going to use those lunar return times around that to you know give ourselves a little like celestial love letter, tune into ourselves for a little renewal and restoration, we can also see again like what what are going to be those self care themes for the month ahead. So you can go to astro.com or astroseek and there are step-by-step instructions of how to pull a lunar return chart reading on there. It's under their extended chart selections. You enter the data, pull that down under horoscope drawing section, extended chart selection. And let me know if you want to follow up. I can make a TikTok or something where it's very visual. But again, you can just Google lunar return chart calculator, something that we pulled up. The biggest thing that's going to be an interesting thing to know. You're going to see a lot of different things going on in the chart. But again, we're just looking for the moon. The most important, the little glyph of the moon. And probably the most important thing to realize is what house it's in for you as a start. So as a reminder, you know, the house is what area of your life is being affected emotionally right now and what we're feeling into. So looking at that and then just Googling, looking up the different houses. So if the moon's in the first house, then yeah, that's going to be about your individual identity coming forward, your self-expression, your vitality, your authenticity, physicality, and maybe feeling like you want to reflect your moon more in your physical appearance and your outward life, for instance. Okay. So if you want to learn more about the houses, we have our magic of you self-guided astrology course on our website. I hope this makes sense, Gina, but basically, you know, the astrology, pulling the chart, seeing where the moon is going to be for the next month is super, super huge. But the biggest thing about the lunar return, I would say, is just to mark that day in your calendar, the days, and it's usually two and a half days of where the moon will be in that sign and do something to really tend to yourself and set some intentions for the month ahead. Okay. So I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. Sorry. I went off on a little like astro nerd tangent there and I just try to walk it back, pull it in a little bit. Okay. So let's get into our coaching for today. The embodiment practice for more wholeness, pleasure, and power, baby. Okay. So first of all, what is embodiment? I have struggled with this uh, for a large part of my life. I can really, I don't know if it's all the water. I have a lot of water in my chart. I have a lot of mutable energy in my chart. I can disassociate from my body really fast. I could be really in my head, overthinking things, or I can, you know, spiritually disconnect and wander off into the astral planes. And so a lot of my lesson, like every reading I always get, especially in the beginning of my spiritual journey, every like bit of advice was about setting boundaries and grounding down, like grounding into my body. And I feel myself having to remind myself of that basically every day. And that's when it's something your spiritual assignment, you are reminded of it like every day. So embodiment, you know, our body is in today's, you know, in today's world, in our society, our bodies probably receive the biggest brunt of the opposite of self-love, which is shame or guilt, resentment beating it up, abuse of some sort, uh, whether that's, you know, verbal, physical from ourselves. We are really trained and programmed and conditioned to be in deep self-loathing over our physical self, A. And then even if we're not, we can also just leave our body really fast. I think about a lot of anxiety and I don't mean to undermine or dismiss any of the neurochemical effects of anxiety, but I think about for myself, when I get really anxious, it's like my mind's running away from my body like horses that are just running away without the cart. And then my body starts to feel like shit. You know, my heart beating, can't 
eat, can't sleep or having, you know, my stomach in knots or feeling really jittery or can't breathe. So embodiment is so important so that we can come in and welcome our physical selves and begin to love them and, and show so much gratitude and appreciation and compassion for our bodies, but also to like bring ourselves into union, you know, mind, body, spirit, heart, all working together. And in that place, you can really feel more powerful especially as femmes, the patriarchal, white supremacist, colonizer, misogynistic, yada, yada structures, you know, those people have really encouraged us to like either leave our bodies or not feel welcome or safe in them. There's been such a disconnect. In the past few years, we've seen a movement of like, you know, coming back into our bodies, owning them, all shapes, all sizes. You know, I grew up, I'm a child as, you know, born in the eighties. I grew up in like nineties, early two thousands with like every turn everywhere I went, every magazine cover, every advertisement was like, this diet trick works. Get killer abs in 30 minutes. You know, what do you need to know for a clear skin? And it was just like, as a, a femme, especially, it's just like, it's your job to constantly fix and alter your body to some unattainable standard of perfection. And that's going to keep you really distracted from the things that matter. And we were asleep as a society and kind of distracted, not everyone, but in general, but we up now, we up now, we're awake, right, my baddies? And we're realizing that one of the most important things for this revolution we're going through is embodiment. Because everything I just described, we're in self-loathing. It makes us numb. It makes us disconnected. It makes us disassociated. It makes us feel like we're not trusting our bodies. How can we trust our bodies when we're not honoring them, when we're not in them? We're not even speaking their language. So, you know, how we take our power back is through embodiment. And this is not an episode about body love, to be honest. I would love to have an episode on that. I think the body positivity movement, there are just some things that are are even problematic of like, you're not going to love your body every day. I mean, maybe you are. Good for you. For me, like, I just want to have a relationship with my body. Like, I love my body, but any relationship in which I love someone, we're going to have good days, bad days. We're going to feel on. We're going to feel off. But that love like is constant and the showing up is constant. It's not like a positivity every day, if that makes sense. I hope this makes sense. And, you know, this is not about just like embodiment. It's not just about feeling confident in a bathing suit or not caring about cellulite. I mean, it might have all of those positive side effects too, <laughs> but it's it's deeper. Again, it's about really affecting real and revolutionary change by committing to being wholly, radically, and purposefully in our bodies. I think like, should I do that thing when you like bust out the definition of something? Embodiment as a concept is used in a lot of different disciplines from neuroscience to philosophy, to fitness, to cognitive psychology, to epidemiology. So embodiment is the process in which life's experience are incorporated into our body. There was a French philosopher, Merleau-Ponty, that said, to be a consciousness or rather to be an experience is to hold inner communication with the world, the body, and other people, to be with them instead of being beside them. So embodiment is like we're already doing it. We already carry things in our body, our emotions, our experiences, but sometimes it's really unconscious. This is about living really intentionally letting ourselves feel things, whether it's good or bad, and really letting ourselves feel it in the body, owning it, not repressing it, and like committing to being in the body. It's ultimately about really coming home to yourself. So embodiment for wholeness, power, pleasure, it is about feeling safe, home in your body. It's about learning the unique language of your body. It's about pleasure-based 
not performative experiences. What feels good? What does your body need versus what you think you should be doing or what other people expect of you? And then just to recap, embodiment for wholeness, purpose, pleasure isn't about just you know loving your body a thousand percent of the time, never having any issues with it. It's not about bypassing trauma or unresolved wounds around your body or sexuality. If you have deep trauma, deep wounds, you definitely want to work with a trauma-informed counselor, um, a somatic healer to help guide you through this. And also it's not about having to force like positivity on yourself and your body when you don't feel like it. Embodiment does not equal positivity. I just cannot stress that enough right now. So for me, practicing embodiment, it's been a journey. It's not been linear, but when I do it and I'm in it, it's really helped me have greater awareness, greater connection, feeling more presence and just feeling more of like a deep appreciation for life and myself. And it's helped me have almost this ecstatic like celebration of life, experiencing the highs and the lows all through my body, but in a way where I let them like pass through me. It felt like my embodiment practices have helped. It's like someone turned up the saturation, the vibrancy on life. And I really understand that like, right, like I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, but I chose the human experience part of it all. The humanness of it all is very important. It's very important to feel things on the physical level and be in our body and not detach and disassociate. So there are lots of embodiment practices. I'm going to share a few of mine. Some of them are going to be like, you could do a, like a writing embodiment practice, but all of them are going to be around like moving and shaking. So, you know, if, if you're just wanting to get like your toes a little wet in these waters, I would say start with just writing down gratitude list for your body, writing down seven to 10 amazing things that your body does, okay? And feels or experiences that you're grateful for everything from digesting and metabolizing your food to loving how your arms can hug and hold people, uh, loving how your body like recovered from a cold or loving how like you felt, you know, the last orgasm you had or how recharged you feel after a cat nap or how your body got you through a really intense time in your life. This is just important again, because we're shifting our mind now. We're shifting our mind into wanting to drop into like, oh, hey body, there you are. And wow, you actually do a lot for me. It's very easy. And all this may sound kind of cliche, but it's really important. We can just forget all the amazing things our body does day in, day out, all the things we ask from it, all the ways it shows up. We can just see like, oh no, there's that weird like hair there, that like flubber part, or I don't like the way my arm looks like that, or my knees are weird. And it's like, well, what about like, hello, our bodies are miracles, like every minute of every day. So again, this is the downshifting and this has really helped me too, because I don't know if anybody here has ever been criticized for their body, but I have. And you know, sometimes it's been to people I know, or like, you know, friends of friends or comments about this, that other thing, or people I love and care about, or, you know, people on the internet. At the end of the day, when you write out these lists and you see how much your body does for you, and then compare that to what people's opinions do for you. In your body. And you're going to be like, damn, okay, I'm team body. I'm team body, adi, adi, adi over here. So bye. That's cute that you care about commenting on me and my body, but it just, yeah, did all this stuff for me. 
got me to where I needed to go, metabolize things, heal the cut after I uh, scratched myself. And I had like four delicious orgasms last week. So yeah, your opinion, neither required nor desired for me to keep doing my thing. So that's just the first thing. Just important when I get that out of the way. There are some amazing affirmations for you being connected to your body and embodiment work. I'll share some of those. Maybe I'll make a little TikTok of them this week. But this is now I want to move into like embodiment practices, yeah, wholeness, purpose, pleasure, how we can sit in and, and transmute uncomfortable emotions into power. Okay. So there's three things I want you to keep in mind before you do any of these practices. One, in order to be embodied, we need to take on the role of the sacred witness. And you may have heard me talk about this before. This is a shamanic principle. You may have heard me, you know, talk about it in any of my classes, whatever here in the podcast, but this is where you step into the version of you where you're just open and curious about everything you feel. No judgment, no leaping into action, just, hmm, okay, I'm going to examine my feelings, my thoughts, um, the little arm's length, you know, observation, and just not labeling them good or bad. This is the first step because this allows you just that space to observe your emotions and not just like blindly like knee jerk react from them. The second thing I want you to think about with emotions and embodiment is the 90 second rule. The 90 second rule is a term applied by Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor in her book, My Stroke of Insight, A Brain Scientist's Personal Journey. She dedicated this book to explaining the nature and lifespan of an emotion if it was left uninterrupted by thoughts. Like what? First of all, I love the way people think and work and I love brilliant minds. You know, her backstory is that she was a neuroscientist, I believe, and she got into, uh, she had some sort of accident or a stroke. And then she really wanted to study this after. And she, what she found is that when a person has a reaction to something in their environment, there's a 90 second chemical process that happens. After that, anything that doesn't get to be processed through is the person just choosing to stay in that emotional loop, whether that's because of past conditioning, our brain's negativity bias, whether that feels safe to us because we're used to that feeling in our nervous system, whatever it is. But you know, when something happens in the external world, these chemicals are flushed through your body. It puts it on a full alert. Like we feel that, right? Like shame, embarrassment, we get the hit of anger. We feel it enter our body. Like someone's entering like drip, drip of a, of a system. And This means that for 90 seconds, you can actually, if you allow yourself that moment to calm down, you can observe, sacred witness, observe the emotions coming through. You can feel it, let yourself really feel it. And then you can take deep breaths. You can do a shake. You could just do whatever you need to do to be like, actually, and now I'm letting that feeling move through me. And, you know, after that, if you're continuing to feel, she said, fear, anger, and so on, you can look at the thoughts that you're thinking that are re-stimulating the circuitry that's resulting in you having this physiological response over and over again, which is a really cool study, her whole book, just kind of proving that, you know, our thoughts control so much. The feelings we want to feel, they want to move through our body. They don't want to live there forever. It's our thoughts that hold on to them. So by letting yourself be the witness, letting ourselves move through this, it allows, again, like ourselves to feel it in our body. And I know my cousin taught me a technique of when I feel something uncomfortable, she has me first like figure out where it is in my body and then maybe figure out a color for it and then figure out what this feeling like needs from me. Do I need to cry? Do I need to scream? Do I need to eat a snack? Do I need to take a nap? 
doing a journal. And that process alone has helped me really uh, just deal with some of the uncomfortable emotions that used to really knock me on my ass and really knock me into a place of like deep self-sabotage, to be honest, TBH. That's the feeling. That's the one, two steps for being embodied. The third thing is I would say that after the, what you're doing with that, you're asking the emotion, what does it need from me? Maybe it's journaling or maybe it's an, an additional embodiment exercise. Okay. So doing that journal, doing a brain dump is huge, but then doing something to like reset your energy is amazing. So one of my first practices that I love is shaking, shaking rituals. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen an animal after it's scared, whether it's like a deer or you're watching a movie, a documentary about like animals and, you know, the wild and like, Africa, a gazelle being chased, or even you see it, like I see it with my own dog, after something startles them and their nervous system, they stop and they shake it off. They shake. That's the way that they reset their nervous systems to come back into neutral after going into that primal fight or flight mode. We don't have that. Humans, we don't have that. So we go into that fight or flight mode and then we just stay there in that elevated place. So doing a shaking ritual is a way to help regulate your parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. So really all you need to do, you could do it right now. This is like a two minute practice. It's huge. Okay. So, you know, that uncomfortable emotion happens or maybe an old memory of that emotion happens. I want you to ground your feet firmly into the floor. And I want you to take a moment and just pause and connect in and connect into the earth, feeling the earth heartbeat, those vibrations moving through the bottom of your feet. And then I want you to visualize roots from your feet going down like deep, deep, deep into the earth. And as those roots go down, I want you to imagine and allow like those roots to be nourished by all the nutrients from the earth getting pulled up into your body. And now from that place of feeling grounded and nourished, I want you just to begin to shake, 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 and imagine you're spreading that heavy energy. You're breaking it up and you're scattering it all throughout your body. And you just move whatever you need to shake your hands, your elbows, your wrists, your head side to side, shake your hips, your butt, your knees, and shake out anything that needs to go rage, remorse, sadness, guilt. Just keep shaking it, okay? Like crazy. Let yourself go. Let yourself go. Flap your lips, make noises, growl, hum, purr, like just let the combination of sound, movement, and vibration, like break up that dense energy, like you were shaking something, trying to shake it out of a bottle. And I want you to shake until you're pretty tired, 60 to 90 seconds is good. And then I want you to really just feel all that energy dissipate, leaving your body, leaving your being. And when it feels like it's dissolved and broken up, I want you to sit and ground yourself again. I want you to hold yourself, give a little hug, maybe put your hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. And I just want you to reconnect and feel into the stillness and the energy you just created, okay? Breathe deeply there, take three deep breaths. And then when you're done, you can open your eyes, you can journal, you can reflect on that. Okay, so... That's one of my favorite embodiment techniques. I do that all the time. I love shaking. Sometimes I take it further, like punch a pillow if I need to release some more like anger, rage. Uh, this is September of 2021. I've had some anger and rage lately, and this has really helped me get clear and just own my emotions and be in my body. You know, other things you can do for embodiment is just taking deep breaths throughout the day. 
just dropping in, dropping into what does my body need right now? Specifically when those big emotions come up, how can you feel them in your body? Where, where are you feeling that? And the last you know, ritual I want to give you is more of a heart opening ritual an embodiment practice that I do when I want to be more open. Okay. Cause we can close off to the world. We can, there's a lot of reasons too, but oh my God, the world needs you with your heart open now more than ever. Okay. So we want to stay open, open. And again, this is super easy. Like I should have mentioned the last ritual. You don't need anything. You don't need anything fancy. Likewise, for this, you might want to have like a yoga block. If you don't have a yoga block, you can roll up a towel or just anything that's kind of creating something for you to lay on and support you. And I want you to find a comfortable place to lay. And I want you to lay that block or that towel or that cushion under your shoulder blades, kind of where like your bra or bikini line would it be? Like right under those, under those wings of yours. And I want you to lay your arms flat beside you. And I want you to keep your elbows aligned with your shoulders, like you're making a cactus arm, like a T. And I want you to feel that opening up your heart, that stretching open and breathe into that and see if you can even open and expand and melt your shoulders, your wings out even more. You're spreading your wings and you're opening your heart up. And imagine what do you want to open up more of? What do you want to release from your heart? Seeing all of that oof, be dissipated like butterflies flying out, things you're ready to let go of, old wounds, guilt, resentment, old fears. And then like, what do you want to call in and breathe that in like a golden light? You know, more healing, more love, more intimacy, more trust, more beauty, more passion, more purpose. And I just want you to hold that pose for as long as you need, as long as you can. And when it feels like enough, intuitively listening to yourself, I want you to slowly, tenderly, and gently just remove that block, that towel, that cushion. And then I want you to lay flat on the ground, stretching out your legs. And I want you to, again, one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and just take three deep breaths. Okay, this ritual is so important. It keeps us open-hearted, which we need. It's also important because we quite literally are hunched a lot over devices, computers all day. And this is going to help us like literally feel better and like physical more alignment. But again, we're putting our heart chakra out first. We're staying open, which in of itself is incredibly revolutionary. Revolutionary as fuck. Okay. So let me know if you want more episodes like this, where I'm sharing like embodiment, actual practices. This is things that we do. We teach a lot in Cosmic Fit Club. We have, you know, Carissa, our movement is medicine, spiritual fitness leader. We have Regina, Wolf Medicine Magic on Instagram, and they teach beautiful like full moon breathwork sessions because of like that full moon. Full moons are a time of embodiment and to release the old emotions, the old debris to make room for the new. And we always just try and, you know, keep it 100 on the embodiment practices over there. If you're not ready to do the Cosmic Fit Club, we also have in our Real Self Love course, I do a whole week about embodiment and I share those practices and some other ones. So stay in those body, adi, adi, adis, like the baddies you are. Let me know how this episode resonated. If you're feeling it, if you want some like visuals of these, we can make some silly, like, I don't know, on the talks and the TikTok and the clock app or something. 
And as always, you know, tag me in things at the Cosmic RX or slide into my DMs at I am Maddie Murphy and let me know, you know, what this brought up for you. Okay, so sending you so much love. Go slay. Go out there and be the cosmic beauty boss baddie bunnies you're meant to be. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic RX, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.